0: Welcome to Your Thought Life Podcast. I am your host, Michael Anderson. I'm trained in cognitive behavior therapy and neuro-linguistic program. One of my life goals is to help people with their mindset challenges. If you haven't already, do subscribe and follow the podcast so you don't miss any of the episodes that are released on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And if you're on a platform that supports it, please consider leaving us a rating and a review. And thank you so much for your support of the show. Overcoming dread to be happier is our topic for today. I know everyone out there who's listening to this podcast in some way, shape, or form at some period in your life, if not today, you've had to sort of deal with this idea of dreading doing something. When we dread things that we have to do, they become a source of of burden for us. They're constantly nipping away at our motivation. They're constantly nipping away at our mindset. They're constantly nipping away and depleting our emotional reserve. Check this out. Some time ago, I did an episode on the Sunday Night Scaries. And this is effectively the feeling that sort of overtakes us directly out of a very good mental place and puts us in a set of low-level vibrations that place us in a really funky state. It happens on the idea of thinking about going back to work on Sunday evening, Sunday night. Some people, it's worse. It starts as soon as they wake up on Sunday. You got to think for a moment. If you're in a position like this, where you're dreading having to do something, how do you get motivated? How do you get excited? How can you release into your life, into everybody around you that you have influence with or over if you're in a managerial position? How do you spark that collaboration and those good vibes when you get in and you're like literally hating being there? You don't. And the energy that you bring with you precedes you by about 9 feet, 3 meters. People see you coming and they know something's up. Rather than going through what really took place over the weekend that might have been cool, restorative, and fun, you find yourself in the energy signature that you bring helping them draw out the exact same type of feelings and emotions that you're feeling now it's not only impacting you but it's impacting the people around you I think about times when I was a little boy I had to do chores and it was Saturday and I could look across the field see all of my buddies outside playing football playing basketball you know just really enjoying themselves and I was stuck doing chores and grandmother was like, hey, don't even think about joining them until all of these chores are done properly. Well, guess what? Friday, I started thinking about Saturday morning. So even as a young person, as a child, we sometimes can find ourselves being conditioned to look at things that we don't want to do ahead of the actual act to create the very same set of feelings and emotions. These feelings and emotions, mind you, we don't want. When I was a young manager, there were always times when I had to so-called check an employee, where I had to have some sort of hard conversation. Man, back then, I just simply did not like confrontation. I did not like to expend my emotional capital like that. I wanted to be the friendly boss. I wanted to be the boss that everybody could get along with. What I found is that that was not realistic. That expectation simply was not going to work, particularly in that environment where it was fast-paced and incredibly demanding. So I'm having to have these hard conversations with people, and I'm literally going through some things on the inside, because I got to tell them their performance was lackluster and they got to go on a PIP, a performance improvement plan. I have to tell them that the promotion that they sought, that we sought, didn't go through and they would have to remain in the same grade with the same pay. Difficult conversations like this where emotions and people's livelihood are on the line. I was dreading those. I think about some of the early social events where I was just being introduced to networking. For a lot of people who are not social butterflies, who are not extroverts, this is a very difficult task to go out there, put yourself out there, strike up some conversations, meet some new people, develop friendships, find mutual ground that you can chit chat about then proceed to forming a relationship or maybe even a friendship. That's a lot of work for a lot of people, especially if you're like me, present version, where I say at a minimum, I'm going to do, I'm going to meet seven new people in this event. Well, back then, before I developed these skills, this was incredibly hard. I would think about that event. I'm like, should I make an excuse? Should I just think of a reason why I shouldn't go? I mean, this is going to be tough, and I already had all sorts of barriers up within, so when I got to the actual event, and it was all coming full circle, it was just like bam, like somebody was smacking me inside upside the head because it was so profound this feeling because I had amped it up so much with the dread. There's times of during the year when people want to refresh and revigorate their physical stamina and their physique. And they say, I'm going to start going to the gym. But as soon as they make that statement, then their body kicks in along with their mindset. And it says, you're going to be so sore. You're going to really hate yourself for two days after that. If you're going to do this right, you got to work out a minimum of every other day. And you're never going to get out of this sore period. It's going to take two weeks. We start playing out the worst case scenarios based upon the dread. So dread not only robs us of our happiness, but it also starts to bring along some of its kindred who, well, let's just be honest. They don't want to do anything that's going to, place them outside of the norm. The idea of working out and maintaining a fitness regimen and maybe sprinkling in some healthy eating, restricting alcohol and sugary snacks. When we start to think about being absent of our hamburgers and our hot dogs and our potato chips, hey, (laughs) those food items have real power in our mind. And then we start to dread not having those because we want to do this health and fitness routine. Think about procrastination for a moment. How you start to think about something, then you say to yourself, you know what? I just don't want to deal with that today. Well, why is it that you don't want to deal with it? Because, well, at some point, you've seen some semblance of this activity before. Maybe you engaged in it, maybe someone else engaged in it, and either you said, this is going to be difficult, this is going to be challenging, or someone else that you know very well told you that, and now this is the lens with which you see that task, and you say, I'm going to put it off. Underneath that, over a course of time, when you see procrastination playing out consecutively over days, There's some dread taking place there, I promise you. And when you have to also implement things like time management to really undergird what it is you're trying to make time for so you can meet whatever the objective is and you're accustomed to spending that time on the couch or in front of the TV or on a game console or hanging out with the fellas or hanging out with the gals, or being at the bar, and now you got to cut something back to make room for this other event. Guess what? You're going to start experiencing dread. When there's dread, there's less fulfillment, and there's far less happiness. When I was a young soldier, one of the things that we were responsible for doing was learning money management. Now I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't learn that at home. I didn't learn that in school. I learned what I had at the time from the Army. And really, what the Army was saying is don't let these dollars burn a hole in your pocket. Put some back each time you get a check. Listen, when you're young and now you've got access to almost $1,000 every check, and you're not used to that, you see the purchasing power that that brings. I'm here to tell you, you're really not thinking about saving, especially if you have not seen that model for you. I'm thinking every time I'm getting ready to get paid, man, he's going to be asking me all of these questions about how much did I save. Like, I don't even want to talk to him. I dreaded talking to him. You know, my sergeant. Sure enough, he'd bring it up. And I just, oh man, here we go. So every two weeks, literally for about two years, I just dreaded talking to him because I knew, you know, he was going to like, show me the statements. I want to see it. I absolutely dreaded those conversations. Even more so, having family responsibilities. Being the oldest child, there are certain things that I was required to do because I was the oldest child. No one would step up to the plate. Guess who got the phone call? I did. When things were going awry, Somebody needed to step in and sort of fill in the gap. Who got the phone call? I did. There were always situations and circumstances, obligations. Nobody is around. You go do it because you're close by. And the thing about conflict, I'm the only one that's level-headed. Hey, I need you to go over here and deal with this situation. Such and such and such and such are going at it. And I just like, oh, I just dread being in this family. <laughs> I'm probably saying too much right now, but I really want to help you gain an appreciation for how dread can impact all the areas of your life. Intentionally, I give you real world examples that you can relate to these and see how when you're in a space of dread or a place of dread or in a mindset of dread, you have any type of dread going on in your being. You can't be happy during that time. Your time here on this planet is finite. It has an expiration. You can no longer waste your good energy and your life dreading things. When you find yourself in this situation, what should you do? Let me tell you exactly what you do. You've got to start elevating your consciousness. You utilize mindfulness to elevate your consciousness. By elevating your consciousness you begin to have a heightened awareness. What does that do? The heightened awareness allows you to get yourself right in the middle of stimulus and response. And if you can get right in the center of stimulus and response, then you can begin to short cycle. You can begin to cut off the action that comes after the trigger. And that's really what this is all about. We want to understand what is our state right now and have such a degree of consciousness that, hey, I feel like I'm changing. Why? Or, oh my goodness, I've got a rush of emotions coming in. I've got a plethora of feelings that have just been stirred up. Why? And we take a step back, take a few cleansing deep breaths, get ourselves together. Once we're back grounded, We've assessed what it is that allowed all of these emotions and feelings to get stirred up, to change our state from a good place to where it was, to a not so good place that we want to prevent. We need to look at that problem. We need to break it down into manageable pieces. We're going to look at the totality of it. We're going to see how can we chunk it? What pieces can we go after to make this a more manageable Situation. Then, once we have sort of looked through there, have put like items together, we've got three or four little nice sections. Then we're just starting in earnest to one by one conquer all four of those tasks until they come together to signal completion for whatever the core issue was. We're not going to get emotionally engaged. We're not going to get uptight. We're not going to allow cortisol levels to spike because when that happens, you can't think clearly. For you to execute this plan that you go from dread to happiness or you prevent dread so you can remain happy, either or, you've got to be in your right mind, so to speak. Unexcited, not influenced by emotion, settled. And if you find that the root cause is more than you can handle, that's fine. Make sure you've got some people aligned who can help you in the time of need. I coach an awful lot of people and I coach groups. But even being a coach, I have two coaches. It's not like we ever arrive. There's always other people who have been through some of the things that you're going through who can be there to help pick you up, hold your arms up, help you to organize the situation, give you sound advice to get through the situation that you've broken into smaller manageable pieces, can help you strategize for the future. We don't want things getting in our way, thereby creating dread. Having a viable support system is very important. Then comes the hard part. Once you've done all of that and you see what the root cause is, you've conquered it, there's been a period of time of calm, then another one of your buttons gets pressed. Now, having this heightened awareness, you're simply going to change your mind about how you feel about that. If you know somebody saying something mean about you as an example makes you feel some kind of way, then you're going to decide, I don't have that button anymore. That's an older version of me. They can say whatever they want. I love me so much that it doesn't matter what they think. Yes, it simply doesn't matter. When you get to a mindset like that where you can reframe on the spot, simply by changing your mind about a preconceived notion, a concept, a bias, a belief, then let me tell you, (laughs) you're getting ready to do some super cool stuff because there are a large number of human beings who are in what we call bondage because they care so much about what people think. And at the end of the day, none of that stuff even matters. Lastly, when things start to hit your mind that create dread, it's important that we begin to think about what's rumbling through our head at that time. It's possible that all we need to do is speak to the negative thoughts and tell them they're not welcomed. We don't believe that storyline, that narrative is from a previous version of us, not this one. We reject wholeheartedly this idea of moving from a good place to a not-so-good place in so much that I'm going to begin dreading something. I don't do that anymore. I face my challenges head-on. We're not going to catastrophize these things any longer. We're going to release from those, like, the warriors, champions, and the conquerors that we actually are. When you feel like you are dreading, about to dread, you have to know that the other side of that means you're choosing to be unhappy. Instead of doing that, when you start to feel some of the examples that I shared with you in the opening, you're going to immediately think through, all right, stop, we need to really gain an appreciation for what's going on here. Why am I trying to change states? Okay, check. Then we're gonna take a look at what is it that is at the root of this, break it down into small pieces, subdivide it, check. Can I handle it on my own? Do I have the wherewithal to deal with this? Or do I need support? Oh, I need support. Okay, I'm gonna call Johnny. I'm gonna call Mary, I'm gonna call Susie, gonna call my coach. Okay, got that done. Know where I'm going, got good counsel, check. Then Sometimes I don't need to do all of these things. I simply need to just change my mind. Along with that, I'm going to change my biases. I'm going to change my patterns. I'm going to change the lens with which I see life for this specific topic. I'm going to move forward with a different frame of thought when this comes up through reframing. Check. Now, only thing left is when I get automatic negative thoughts or any type of negative rumination where I'm so-called meditating on it the wrong way, I'm going to stop that behavior immediately. I'm going to reject wholeheartedly that style of thinking. Instead, I'm going to declare myself free from it. I'm going to stick to that until it becomes a part of my everyday life. This is how we move from dread to happiness. I trust that you found this helpful. Thanks for tuning in. And that concludes this episode. I certainly appreciate your time and attention. If you want to reach out to me, you can reach me at Your Thought Life, Y-O-R, Thought Life on IG. Feel free to send me any information you would want me to know, request any shows and any other tidbits and nuggets that you would desire to share. I want to remind you that you are enough. You can do it. And you are uniquely equipped to realize your goals. Until next time, take care and be safe.